Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1942, in the cold desert of a small border town in Texas, a group of kind are kidnapped and mass embraced by members of the fanatical sect, the Sabbat. Out of this group, only a handful survived, and through rituals and mentorship, they became the pack known as the Pale Riders. Representing the Sword of Cain, they are wielded by a mentor to cut deep wounds within the heartland of Mexico to the enemies of the Sabbat. Wars on Fire is a vampire the masquerade Sabbat chronicle that follows the Pale Riders pack that consists of Mitch, a Lazombra played by Adam, Coyote, a Ravenous anti-tribute played by Alex, Eldrick, a Caitiff played by David, Jasper, a Bruja anti-tribute played by Joaquin, Cora, a Shimizi played by Slavic, and Richard, a Venture anti-tribute played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So Jasper, you uh, last you were left off. You were with Mitch and Eldrick uh, in front of the uh, uh, in front of the the Kentucky Club and war is there. They were going to go talk to Trevor, but then Eldrick thought that he would task you with something for him, like a, uh, something that he thought would be a gift for you in a way. So he had you actually take his car back to go back. You are driving about two hours back to Cedar Creek where you're going. He said he, he left an address in his room for you to go pick up something. So as you're rolling up in this same kind of description that I gave before, of the area as you're rolling up you get out of the car and you're walking you hear like your feet your nice loafers touching on the or your nice shoes touching on the sidewalk as you're walking up uh, you see a figure coming from the shadows before you get to the door and you recognize it's uh the templar ilanipi basically vidar's number two you don't know you know you've barely i mean he's spoken to you guys and given you some training before but for those of you don't know he's the native uh guy wears tight blue jeans as a tucked in like plaid shirt uh, has a, a a ponytail. Has usually walks around with like a pistol belt on his side, and he kind of has like a shotgun on a sling that he keeps around for like quick access, like a side off shotgun. And as you see him, you kind of hearing the the neigh a little bit of a horse, and you look and you see he has like this one horse that's tied off uh, on a tree there. He looks at you and he's like, "We need to talk." Of course. Lead the way. I, you'll bring a message, I presume. Yes, and he and he starts walking towards his horse just to kind of have space between the building and you guys you know he he goes up to the horse and you see him he like the has that the horse has a saddle and has like a saddle bag and he pulls out like this horse brush and he starts like oddly like brushing this horse as he's talking to you he's like bishop vidar his excellency told me to be expecting you here he says that uh someone has tasked you to do something from your pack and he kind of looks at you like looks back from brushing the horse to see if you give him kind of any affirmation if that's true or not yes brother uh, eldritch asked me to fetch something for him mm. and he goes back to brushing the horse uh his excellency says that your brother eldritch is going to be tested here soon and he turns around and he looks back to you he's like you could consider that task that he gave you to be canceled I understand. Yes. Instead, he wants you to go here, and he like kind of takes, uh, he reaches into the saddlebag again, and he pulls out like a map, and he hands it to you, and he's, he hands you like a little written on like some, um, just like scrap paper of some kind of that's like paper clipped to the map. He hands it to you. Here, you're going to be picking up a new brother of yours. Oh, truly. Yes, he he's a survivor of. The conditions that brought you into the Sword of Cain. He's uh, almost what you would call uh, a reserve unit in a way. And he goes back to brushing. Lord Vidar thinks it's time to bring him into the fold. Your I task see. is to yes, your task is to pick him up, bring him here, and then await until further orders. Yes, yes. Uh, if if our uh, most excellent bishop orders us, yes, I will do. I'll follow his wisdom. Yes. Thank you. And he's like, one other thing. This test I speak of, if you do happen to come across, Mr. Hyde, you will keep this to yourself. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. It Times and tribulations must be met on their own. Otherwise, what is the point of them? Exactly. He 
His Excellency is curious on how Mr. Hyde is going to react to a certain request by a packmate of yours. You understand that traditions and rituals are important. Of course. He kind of looks back at you. Of course I understand. He puts the brush back in the saddlebag, unties his horse, like grabs the reins, puts his foot, one foot in the stirrup and jumps up onto the horse and he looks down at you. He's like, his excellency is not in a mood for failures. Do not disappoint him. And he slowly starts to trot off and then run off, leaving you there. And you see like the horse like taken off into the dark of the desert. I don't fail. So this map that you have, this address is about like 45 minutes away. Uh, it's actually like a small like shanty shack that's in the middle of the desert that's from like ages past where there's definitely not people who have been living there. So you can easily get there in the car that you took. We are going to jump to Mr. Tillman and to Richard. All right, guys. So we introduce our new character here into Laura's on fire. First, uh, tell us about your character's life as a mortal. Uh, his name, his what he looks like. What 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 was his mortal life like before he was embraced? Right. So I will be playing Richard Slack, and he's fairly young still, just in his late twenties. But he doesn't look like it. He actually looks much older, about forty. I wrote on my sheet. That's because he's been drinking like a lot. And the thing is, um, basically his father was a moonshiner during prohibition times. Um, I didn't quite write out uh, what happened to him, but I'm guessing he's probably dead now. And he passed down the trait of, well, illegally making alcohol, uh, to, to his son. Um, essentially Richard is completely cut off from any social life. He's very manipulative, um, uh, keeps to himself unless he has to do any trades or something, but well, just uh, stays uh, in his little shack and well, gotcha. moonshine. So he's a Caucasian guy. Uh, how tall would you yeah. say he's about and like, well, like what color is his hair and all that jazz? Uh, he has long unkempt hair, um, some gray strains in it. Uh, I don't know <laughs> Uh, feet and inches very well, so uh, it's not bent over or broken or anything, but uh, okay. I guess uh, he doesn't really um, care for his appearance that much, and uh, his skin shows that he has been doing uh, a lot of alcohol for years and years. So life is just giving a swift kick in the ass, and he hasn't helped too much in preventing that by his yeah. drinking and everything like that. Basically, your whole embrace story, for those of you who are just watching who don't know, watching the character creation video about how everyone was embraced and, and it was like a shovelhead party and they are all thrown at somewhere. Uh, you guys still don't know quite the details because it was all blurred to you. But you were how you were shovelhead is you actually had now, – now, where did you figure out where you lived in Texas? Did you live in El Paso or outside of El Paso or, or did you, like, live in the area? Is that what we decided upon? Uh, I guess in the area, but somewhere uh, else. Smaller. Yeah, outskirts. Farm, but in a farm area, I guess. Yeah. And so basically you have it to where like like one night you're you're in there just working and you're shit face drunk, by the way. You know what I mean? Trying to focus on trying to like deal with these decanters and like this slow fire. You know what I mean? The slow low fire that, that, that from distilling and you're sitting in this barn and, and you hear like a noise outside. And you're like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? You're kind of like, go look, and you're trying to make out. And you're like, do I see someone out there? And you're kind of like straining your eyes. And as you're like leaning out the door, all of a sudden you're just like, like, boom. And you hear this, like, you're hit upside the head, like by the shovel, but you're not quite knocked out because as you like are looking at the ground, you're like laying on the ground. You have this dirt, like, that's in your mouth. And you can feel like the blood, like, like pulling up on the side of your head right here, you know, as you fall. And you look and you see these figures are just trash in your area. Then they're like hooting and hollering and they just like, you see them light a match in this fire. It's like, Whoa. and then you're being dragged off as you're seeing this. And you're like, they think you're out and you're like looking as you're being dragged off and you upside down and you just see like this life works of yours is just going up in flames as you see also like six figures or seven figures are kind of following until you pass out. And then the whole thing that happened in the character creation concept happens. Except at the end, while you're giving this, you were actually there when they were given the speech by the Rio Grande River 
because I, I don't know if you guys remember, I mentioned how there was more than the, the Pale Riders pack there. There was like 10, 15 people who are young Canites who were sitting there listening to uh, Vidar talk to them. You notice that like at that time, there was like a handful of them that were kind of like shepherd off on their own. And you were eventually brought by Ilanipi, the Templar, to this small adobe. And we're basically, you spent like the last year or two there being taught by him, by Vidar, and they randomly sent people there. And you have this weird sense while you're there because they, you, you find it like at first you found it fucked up because eventually like you'll wake up one evening and you'll look and there'll be like passed out drunk people just laying in this little hut. You know what I mean? That you, you've been in for you to feed on because that's your feeding exclusion is drunk people. But then you, but then like sometimes You'll, you'll, you'll wake up and you'll sit around thinking, could I escape now? Could I like literally go? And then you, a guest will come upon there to like teach you something new. So it's this weird like sense of being hostage, but not being hostage. Like you're, you're almost like a trained dog. You're like, what happens if I was to go like half a mile out away from here? Would anyone stop me? But like, you're like, you're almost like scared to in a way because you haven't had the Valdry yet. You know what I mean? And you're kind of given this, these talks about like being the sort of cane and like the book of nod stuff by random people to kind of get you caught up on like a little bit of Sabat lore. What, what, what does your character think of this? You know, as this is going on for the last year, like what, what's in his mind and everything. Uh, so I don't know if you actually mentioned it. You mentioned the prey exclusion, but I rolled Ventru and Titribu as clan. Yeah, Ventru and Antribu. So now we have a Ravenos, Antribu, Lazambra, Bruja, Antribu, Shimize, and uh, Ventru. So. so as I said, he was pretty much uh, excluded from any social life. Um, and he didn't really know that he missed it. So in a way, this feeling of... Um, what he described as, could I go now, um, that occurred to him, but he never really wanted to, I guess. Oh, so he's like, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, inside of him, he feels like, um, this is weird, but somebody is caring for me in a weird way. Very nice. I like that. That's a cool, very cool outlook. Like he's like actually more comfortable being by himself and being taught this way than being thrust upon. Well, guess what? I'm sorry yeah, to I mean, he, he <laughs> for himself uh, his whole life. So this is nothing new to him. Now you're just able to feed off of drunk people and everything like that. We had you roll the Valdry already, right? Uh, all right? We'll talk about that later when we, we're about right. to get to that point later. So, all right, one evening you awaken and you hear an automobile kind of like, which is an odd sound that you haven't heard, you know, in a while. And you kind of see, because literally this thing's like, I mean, there's like a path, I guess, like for a cart, horse cart and everything like that. But you see, like, the dust of, like, a car in the desert. It's like, you can tell it from a while, a, uh, a distance away, you know what I mean? Like, a few kilometers away, you can see it just, like, oh, this big cloud of dust coming along that would kick up. Jasper, you are driving this car, and you see this small, uh, like, hut that you were expected to, to come along. Scenes on you. Go ahead. Uh, greetings. I was led to believe I would find a... Uh... A new brother here, I guess you would say. And describe what you look like to 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 Richard okay, so here yeah, again. He's just a, so old, he's, he's about, I say he's he's about like late thirties, maybe. He looks late thirties. He's got sort of like a, I guess like neatly combed brown hair, a pair of glasses, and uh, I guess he's about like what did I say his height? Yeah, I guess he's he's average height. I guess. So yeah, he he looks intelligent, and he's he's got he's got a bit of a handsome edge to him, but it's almost like something predatory about it underneath it. And you see him get out of the car, and you're I, I take it standing by your door of your little hut. Okay, scenes on you guys. Go ahead. Are you so, he? Um, uh, hello. Yes, brother. Are you are you talking about a child or something? There are no children here. Who are you? No, uh, you would know our uh, bishop, Vidar, the uh, man. The uh, Norse man. Yeah, Norse. You see uh, recognition in his face, Lider. Yes, you know him. Yes, I. He, he uh, yes. tasked his uh, his uh, servant to co- send me here to collect you. It seems so we have business you, down in uh, Juarez that we well we need uh, bodies to throw at. I see. But who are you? You can call me. I am Jasper Lint. Uh, all right. Mr. Lin, my name is Richard Slack. I don't trust you, but I trust His Excellency, and you know him. Yes. I, uh, I truly hope that we come to 
I will be come to forge great bonds between us. I can tell right now. We we shall do great things for America in the coming years. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> do you guys want to do any scenes while you're driving back to 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 Cedar Creek, or or do you just want to go straight there? It's actually on you guys. I don't think Richard will talk to Jasper much. Um, it's just not really uh, trustful, uh, trustful um, trusting him just because uh, he doesn't have any connection to him like he does. To, oh, yeah. Well, I guess the bishop. And I don't know if he knows, uh, what was the name? Ilimith? Ilanipi. Yeah, he knows Ilanipi, but yeah, Ilanipi, yeah. I mean, maybe he has seen Jasper once in this uh, in this meeting. By the river? Uh yeah, you've got you've heard of them, but like they just mentioned, they don't. They're basically what they're what the whole purpose of you being secluded along with conveniently some other kindreds is to kind of test you out because they weren't quite sure if you could cut it being a part of a pack. Like these guys were chosen, you know what I mean? You guys were kind of like, okay, you survived, but we're still trying to make sure if you're good enough for what Vidar wants, you know what I mean? And then they're kind of like, it's a convenient ploy for me if characters die or you know what I mean? like here's where this character was you know they were like working out the king so so we will cut to you guys get out you're sitting on the bench we'll cut to you three roll up you guys are getting out of the car you're all there scenes on you guys go ahead all right mitchell get out of the car i will help cora out of the car gentleman like ah, what a gentleman coyote what a gentleman brothers and sisters welcome back jasper Hola. Don't give old granny a hug. I gladly, <laughs> sister. He also gives her a hug. I have brought uh, with us a uh, a new brother of us to embrace into our fold. Yeah, I'll glare at him. Probably stand somewhere to the side. And I forgot to do it. Actually, I wanted to, but uh, I think I want to auspex check all their auras, or at least get like a general feel. So you need to roll perception empathy difficulty eight, good sir. So who are you going to do first? Uh, I guess Jasper. I wanted to do it when I first met. No successes. You botch. You botch, actually. <laughs> I'm a human. Yeah, you're looking at Jasper, and you just see like this bright, like almost like he's human. You know what I mean? All right, who are you gonna do next? Um, I'm not sure. Like, uh, I guess uh, Coyote because he's okay. the most important figure in the bunch. <laughs> All right, go ahead and do, go ahead and roll, Nada. All right, go ahead and roll for. We'll do Mitch next. Nada, and we will do. I uh, will do uh, <laughs> alcohol. Very good. We'll do Cora. Watch Cora is gonna get like four and see everything. <laughs> two, two, two. <laughs> so uh, you see her her aura as you're like trying to concentrate on these others. You're like, I can't concentrate. You look at Cora, and all of a sudden it's like, bam! It's almost like someone turned on the lights. Like it's pale, but you see like these fucking black veins, dude, that are all, like, crawling over her aura that you never... Well, while working this, you saw this on one of the guys, you know what I mean? And you know that it means that she's, like, what they call it, step closer to Cain, that she absorbed another soul of a of a, another Cainite. And what would you say your uh, your color is, Cora, when doing it? I'm gonna go with light blue, calm. Calm. And she's, like, calm there. Yeah. Cool. Seems back What are you desk. looking at, brother? You just seem to stare off into the distance. For a second, I'm trying there. to get a feel for this. Hello, I guess. Who are you? Wow, uh, we're at the Pale Riders pack. That uh, there's our pack, priestess. Are these the your doctor. servants? And I'm not gonna address Cora because I think everyone here except her is a ghoul because I failed so much reading the. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, these are my brothers, Coyote. You met Jasper, and of course our Ductus, Mitchell. Yeah, you know what a ductus and a priest are. They've already briefed you on all that, you know. As you guys are standing there, like, talking amongst each other, you hear a crunching sound coming from your guys', I guess, uh, left and right, like someone's walking towards you guys. So Mitchell I guess I'm going to turn sound. immediately, because yeah. this, this is a weird situation for me. Because you're like, your guys, like, what the fuck? And these people are all about PDA. They're all hugging. Like, hey! And you're just like, like, loner guys standing there, like, what the fuck? They're uh, one chick has like veins, the other seem mortal. You just don't know quite what's going on. And as you guys are walking, you see Elanipi walking towards you guys slowly, and he motions towards you guys to come towards him. Okay. I'll give him a respect nod and start walking towards him. Yeah, I guess I calm down a bit. Now that someone I can actually relate to appear. 
and you see Elenip walks up towards you and he kind of like puts his hand on, on your shoulder, Richard, and he's like, just nods to you. And by the way, none of these guys know, but you know, he's the same clan as you. Uh, he, he spoke to you about that before, you know? And so he kind of like looks at, and he puts his hand down and he looks at you and he's like, I see you are one short. <laughs> Darkness ate him up. Uh, well, it was, of course, his excellency. Yes, and he won't be returning. But this, I this thought as much. He, I'll let I'll let his excellency speak on that more. But this will be your new pack. He will be your new pack member. The Valdry will occur here tonight in a few more hours. What was the title or oh, like the the way I should address him again? Uh, Templar, your lordship, and but Bishop, his excellency. Uh, I'm just gonna uh, ask him, um, not questioning him, but. Like looking for confirmation. Is this your wish, uh, your lordship? It is mine and his excellency's wish for this to occur. I understand. I will follow. Trust me, this will not seem all alien, and these and emotions four will seem like your family by the end of the evening. Even though I can see apprehension right now in you, which is understandable. And he looks back to you four. Inside, you'll find robes. You'll be out here in two hours. You will not step outside. You guys are going to become one again. His Excellency is not happy with how things went with your former brother. And he looks at you, Mitchell. Things need to be quelled when earlier signs show. But it is understandable. You guys are young in the blood. So go back and reflect on what is about to occur. The Valdry will once again happen with the Pale Riders pack. And you, he motions towards you, Richard, will be inducted as a brother into the pack. Until then, wait until I call upon you to come out. And he motions towards the door that, that you guys are at. As you wish, Sherlock. Sure, right, okay. So he motions uh, for you guys to go in, and then you guys, I take it, start going in. Yeah. 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 If Mitchell gave a gravelly grunt. Burn my cigar on the, on the desert ground or wherever we are as I go in. All right. Scenes on you guys. As you guys go in, by the way, in this lobby that's kind of dusty, you see this for the first time, Richard, as you go in, that there's this lobby. It looks like it has old furniture. You see some, like, sheets thrown over it. You know what I mean? You see some dust, some other stuff, and you can kind of see their stairs that go up on the left and right, and there's, like, a, a circular walkway above where there's, like, rooms there, and then you can kind of see, like, a front desk area, and it looks like there's a door behind there that, that might lead to somewhere else. That's actually... Where you go downstairs where uh, Cora's laboratory is at, where she kind of does her things. But in this area in the front, you see there's, like, white robes that are, are sitting out. And when you look at the robes, they're, like, Catholic robes, you know, like 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 altar boys wear. You know what I mean? People get in their first communion. As a matter of fact, for any of you who uh, – and a lot of you are probably familiar with Catholicism, leaving in, living in southern – on the border, they are, matter of fact. You know what I mean? Robes that people wear when they're getting their – Kind of like their first communion, sure. in a way. All right, go ahead. Wanna, scenes on you guys. I want to search through the ropes until I find the biggest ones, which would obviously be for me, if there are any. Or are they going to be yeah, there is. Than me? Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're, they're well aware of your size. but uh, All right, go ahead. Scenes on you guys. I will, I will approach Richard and uh, put a giant mitt on his shoulder and just say, we'll be brothers when we have shed blood together. I'm probably... Uh... Not going to answer, just trying to uh, withstand his gaze, I guess. <laughs> I'm kind of looking at you like, like, I don't trust you, but at the same time, I'm willing to give you a chance, if that makes sense. Because it's what the pack needs and wants. Come, let's go to the ritual room and sit there while His Excellency and His Lordship prepare. I have... I'm sure we have many things to talk about. We'll tell, you, tell Jasper what has happened, and Richard can tell us something about himself. And as you guys are heading towards the ritual room, you kind of feel this odd sense of, like, loss of connection. Like, 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 like you know what I mean? Like, something is off. And as you guys are walking, looking at each other, you kind of realize you have this, like, like feeling of, like, minus one. And it starts, like, slowly da dawning on you, like... Oh, there's there's a part of our bond that you know what I mean that's been that's been broken and and and, and removed in a way. Go ahead and describe the ritual room there, Cora, uh, and everything like that, and you guys can set the scene. Well, it's a very plain room. Basically, I just want it to be empty, and we can bring stuff in that we need. You know, there's like a a place from where I can preach 
you know, a small pult or something for speaking, but that's basically it. And it's just the bare floor, it's just sitting on the bare floor there. Jasper, brother, it's a shame what you missed. What have Bef- I missed, dear sister? I see, seem to missed a lot of uh, excitement about. And you have. Coyote, I'm sure Coyote can tell you about all how he has won the right of diablerizing the classique that we are hunting. Ah. It is unfortunate you could not take part. However, the ritual had to be done for yes. spiritual reasons. I, mm. I understand. I understand completely. <laughs> I'm going to sit down near the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> How about we start with a uh, mm, uh, a boasting ritual or a, a prayer to Cain where we thank him for his for his guiding hand when we performed our duties to the sword. For example, I I, th- I thank Cain for his blessing when I ripped out the Pisanops out of his soul. <laughs> I'm going to start just kind of go off into my own little kind of dream world and start saying like a prayer and uh, I've forgotten which I think I was, was that Aztec? No. Yeah, yeah, it was the Aztec yeah. language, yeah. That's it was like, Nahuatl. Yeah. Nahuatl, Nahuatl, yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm trying to work on some, praying for some kind of uh, I guess way to deal with spirits if, you know, I'm still worried about I'm still, I'm just cut up about not being able to hurt the wraith earlier. It left like a sentimental scar on you. Or not, not sentimental, excuse me, like a, a emotional. Yeah. It, it fucked you up. It fucked you up plus, seeing that, right? And... Plus, Coyote's not happy if there's something he can't beat in a fight. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. His pride is a little bit wounded. I'm going to say, I thank Ken for his favor when I punch through a ghost and I'll just kind of snort and turn away. I'm not too happy. <laughs> Ductus, do you wish to share? Mitch will step forward, and he'll say something in Latin, fiddle with a rosary that he has wrapped around his wrist, and then he'll step back. Jasper, McCoy, tell us all what you've been doing. I'm afraid I have no tales of glory like you clearly have, but I do admit I had to pass through trials to find and uh, bring our new brother here to us. Jasper, that is more than enough. More than enough, brother. Richard... Tell us about yourself. Who is I our think, new brother? I thank Cain for his favor when I got elected <laughs> or chosen by him to wear his sword. Very well. Then let us wait here till the excellency calls us. His excellency calls us. You guys sit there and you, you have small talk amongst each other. Unless you guys want to do a scene. If, if you do, just let me know. If not, basically you guys sit there until you hear a uh, pounding on the door of your ritual room and you, it opens up and you see Ilanipi standing there. He's still wearing what he normally wears, but he's looking down at you guys in your robes and he's like, it is time. Yes, it is. Follow me. And he, and he comes out. He starts walking through, goes through the lobby, pushes open the double doors. You see the site before you of the, you know, that fountain that we described that's in the front. We were saying it was like, you know, like 15 mm-hmm. feet in diameter and it kind of like skinnier in the middle to where it's like about eight feet up. It's a rather large fountain, sure. you know what I mean? And on this fountain, hanging upside down around the fountain are like seven bodies of mouth gagged, naked people raging anywhere of different, you know, white or Hispanic or male or female of different ages that are kind of just strung by their feet there. And they, you see they have wide panic in their eyes. And you see standing on top in a white robe on top, the very top of the, where normally you don't think a figure could stand is Lord Vidar there. I've already described before how he looks. As you guys walk out there, you, you, you automatically are just drawn to him. You automatically just look at him, like 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 you're in awe. You look yeah. up there, and he just seems this like magnifying presence. He's standing there with his hands, like his palms facing you guys. He he's almost angelic in a way, 
but his face is like is, is even more so. It's like those the moving, slightly moving Nordic tattoos under his skin seem just to move perfectly to enhance his features, even making him look more angelic. It's almost like light is is, is coming from him. It's this, the the moon behind him seems to like be a spotlight that that strictly draws. The attention of him to you guys. The stars are, are are just there to let his eyes even seem more brighter. His crisp blue eyes, and he looks down at you all. And he's right now. I mean, like he's standing almost like twelve feet or ten feet above you. You know what I mean? Looking down as you five are looking up, and you somewhere in the back of your head you hear a leap in uh, saying i leave now but you don't give a shit like you're just drawn up there you're looking up there it's almost like if you could breathe you would like you would catch your breath as he looks down and you see like he has this warm smile in a way as he's looking on you and you think about it you're like i've never seen this this thing this man this thing whatever he is i've never seen him smile like even though it's a thin smile and he says in his voice as he look as he looks down upon you, he's like, My children, my pack, my sword, I love you all. And you when he says that he loves you all, you mean you feel like this warmth of satisfaction roll over you and he's like, You showed that you were different that night, and I knew I made the right decision on some of you. But this 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 movement of ours, this war against the slaves and the servants of the antediluvians and those who are an infernal is held together by respect, held together by authority. Even though our, our sect preaches about being against authority, without authority comes destruction. And our rights and our beliefs is the glue that holds us together and our many different ideals and our different tactics in this war. And as you're looking up at him, all of a sudden you see him just kind of like he kind of like hovers a little bit before uh, on top of the fountain. And then slowly you see like where he's coming down and you're like, is he like floating down? You're looking at him. And then you realize that like, he's like almost these, these gentle tentacles are like, are setting him down, like holding him beneath his arms. And as he comes lower and you're gaining like eye like eye contact with him on the same level, you see a chair, like a throne appear black onyx. And he's gently set into it. And as he's sitting there, he's like, sit before me. Let's talk. And he motions towards the dirt that or that the gravel that is on the ground. Need yeah, no further instruction. I will say that one member of you has been lost and will not come back. I think you all can understand why. I will not accept insolence and disrespect when it comes to the rights that hold us together and raises us above those slaves of the antediluvians. Do I make myself clear? Yes, yes. Your Excellency. I love you all. I loved him, but he did not love us. He did not love our cause. It is our cause that is everything. And you are different than most in our cause. You have a wisdom. You've had attention and training. You have had mentorship that many, many canites have not have. And that's why many cannot do not survive. That's why I task you with the tasks that I've given you. Do I make myself clear? Do you understand? And if you have yes, questions to me, this, you can ask. Do not be... Has said, we are brothers in the end, brothers and sisters in the end. So you can feel free to talk to me too. We are going to perform a sacred rite that has made us a weapon, a weapon that they cannot resist, they cannot defend against. We are going to all make you bound together in blood with the Valdery again. And he, and he gets up and he stands up and he, in the chair, you just kind of see like slowly like sinks in and you can see again behind these dangling bodies and on his, and he has his hands again, like how he does. And you see like down his robe, you see like slowly, like this knife, this black onyx knife, like kind of like coming to his path. And he turns around and he steps up like onto the, the lip of the fountain. And you see him, he like just takes the knife and he slowly starts like walking along like around it on the edge and you see like the knife just like biting in and cutting in to the throats of those that are that are hanging upside down and you see the gurgle and you see blood just, and you can hear because this this fountain hasn't had water in it and probably like 20 years since the the swinging days of the 20s and you just hear this <laughs> wet like 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 um slapping sound as like blood starts to like hit this concrete and starts to enter the pool as he slowly keeps walking around I need a conscience roll difficulty yeah. eight for 
what's your humanity right now, Jasper? Let me pull it up here. Your humanity is six. Let me, uh, what's your humanity, Mitch? Five. Let me, yeah, I'm going to make you roll two. Mitch, roll, give me a conscience roll, difficulty eight. Jasper, what's your uh, humanity? Six. Six? Yeah, give me a conscience roll, difficulty eight. And I see yours right here. Uh, I need a conscience roll from you too, Richard, difficulty eight. That's Cora and, like, and Coyote is like, what's the big deal, dude? Like, what are you guys trying yeah. to do? Oh, I failed. One ah. So, Mitch, you failed. You're down to four. Tillman, you passed. Oh! Yeah. Oh! 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 God. Okay, so you lose a point of conscience, so you're down to two. Mark that on your sheet. You drop two humanity, you're down to four, and you have derangement now. Let's look at the derangements real quick. So you got obsessive compulsive, multiple personalities, oh God, schizophrenia, paranoia, megalomania, I think that would go good with Jasper, bulimia, hysteria, manic depression, fugue. I don't know, actually, I think obsessive compulsive could work that way. Okay, we'll do obsessive compulsive. Obsessive compulsive is must determine a set of specific actions or behaviors. Okay, it says the trauma, guilt, or inner conflict that causes the derangement forces the individual to focus nearly all her attention and energy onto a single uh, repetitive behavior or action. Obsession relates to the individual desire to control her environment, keeping clean, keeping the area quiet and peaceful, or keeping undesirable individuals from an area, for example. A compulsion is an action or set of actions that an individual is driven to perform to soothe her anxieties. For example, placing objects in exact order or feeding from a mortal and precise ritualistic fashion. Oh, I could see that being creepy with Jasper, dude, like feeding from immortals from a specific way. And this is never never allowed to vary. Vampires with obsessive or compulsive derangements must determine a set of specific actions and behaviors as described above and follow them to exclusion of of all else. The effects of obsessive compulsive behavior can be negated for the course of one scene by spending a temporary willpower point. The difficulty of any attempt to coerce or dominate a vampire into ceasing her behavior is raised by one. If the vampire is forcibly prevented from adhering to her derangements, she automatically frenzies, which is even scarier. Uh, we could even say, like, if whatever you want to be, but, like, a feeding one could be, like, this, yeah. setting that off means that you now need to, like, hang him upside down and feed, you know what I mean? Like, in a ritualistic way or something to that extent. It's your call. Yeah, 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 something like that, yeah. Yeah, so. So now, Mitch, you're down to four, right? Yep. All right, uh, Jasper, you're down four. So as he's walking along, just, you know, just like slicing these throats, you see blood just coming up. And you guys are just like, oh, you guys are even drawn on him and the blood more as, as he's walking along. He gets done and he turns and he like motions toward you. He's standing on the lip but in front of you with his arms raised again, the knife in his hand. He's like, come to me, my children. Coyote, you will be first. Yes, your excellency. And I'll step forward. And he like he steps down the lip, and you're taller than him, but you feel like shorter than him. You know what I mean by his presence. Sure. He's like, Maybe I'll kneel. Me. I'll kneel to make him feel bigger. Oh. You kneel, and you like hand. He's like grabs your your wrist gently, and he extends your arm over the lip, and he like takes the knife and he like carves down like the the from your elbow down to your wrist, and then he like cuts like twice across deeply and he like holds your wrist and he turns it upside down as you see your vite just slowly like falling in to the to this pool of blood can i say one thing just a little character thing as he's grabbing my wrist i resist slightly for a split second out of kind of instinct but then i go yeah 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 sure yeah dude that's that's totally awesome you even feel yourself you feel yourself resist, but then you feel like, oh, wow, this guy's like stone, which even like sets in his, you know what I mean? His age, and yeah. he just looks at you like inquisitively, but he smiles at you because it's understandable. You guys are young in the blood. And he sits there and he's holding the wrist and he gently like, you see, he takes like his hand and he like takes some of your blood and he gently like wipes it a little bit on his forehead and he like mm-hmm. makes like a cross on his forehead and then he takes sure dips his fingers into the blood again and he puts across the blood that's in the pool and he makes a cross on your forehead and then he tells you step away and sit down until called again. I'll, I'll do as I'm told. <laughs> and then he's like, Jasper. And he like smiles as he like extends his hand. Come to me. Jasper will go do so willingly and you're, you're just like a, has, after seeing this whole thing, you just sort of like it's like a faraway look in his eye, just like sort of this numbly goes up to him just like 
and he like and he you, as he sees you looking, he gently like caresses your face with both hands and kind of like makes it to where you know what I mean. You focus on him and he grabs your wrist and he does the same thing. You feel the slight pain, but like you said, you're just having a lack of a better term, like a coming to Jesus moment right now. Seeing all this and the impact that it had on you, and as he's holding the blood, he t- he takes the blood some of your blood again he like draws on top again on his fork you know what i mean what he did with coyote's blood and then he dips his fingers in the blood that's in the in the in the in the fountain and he does the same on your forehead and he's like go sit and heal and he's like richard come to me i will step forward but i don't know how to play this right now i guess i'm kind of very because i have humanity six and i succeeded on my conscience roll very very hard on me yeah it is it's a very hard experience it very is very much so because it's like you are you haven't witnessed the stuff that these guys have witnessed and you still have your humanity so you're almost having like this split gut-wrenching conflict right now and the fact that this man you're obviously inspired by and you see this this man who used awe but then you're also like being torn by just the animal side of this and just it's almost like i would say nauseous like you know what i mean mentally and physically you feel kind of nauseous by this and he you see he comes up to you and he he also puts his hand on the side of your head he looks at you and he's like listen richard my child my brother this will all all become normal to you do you understand? And you, you feel it like you, and you can smell the blood like that's on like his couple of his fingers. You know what I mean? That's on the right side of your face. And he's like, you need to embrace what you have become, Richard. And they, your brothers and sisters will help you. I understand. And you see like, he, he's not angry at you, but you see like he's intense right now. You know what I mean? You feel unaccepted. You feel alone. You do not feel like you belong, but you will when this is done. You will be reborn. And you see, as he's sitting there, you see one hand slowly, like, leaves from the side of your face, and he grabs your wrist, and you feel like it, like, almost hurts a little bit, and he turns your wrist around, and he takes the knife. And it's almost like he's a little... He seems more vicious when he does it to you than when he does it when he did it to them. You know what I mean? And you don't know if that's the case or if it just hurts more. And he's sitting there and he's holding your he turns and he's holding your wrist as his blood is going through. And he sits there and he takes his finger of your blood and he does it again on top. And you see, you're looking at him. You're almost feeling like you're looking at his face. You see under the blood. I swear you can see the movement of some of these like tattoos, these ruins that are on that are still moving under there. And he sits and he takes some of the blood and he puts it on your forehead. He's like, now go sit and heal. And he like, and he spins you around and you don't feel like it's like he's angry at you, but you feel like he's almost like being training a puppy. You know what I mean? In a way, you know what I mean? Like train, like, like you are just this close to being enlightened, you know, and his harshness and his rashness is going to open up these, these blinders to you that are going to show you what you're capable of. So, and you guys see that you see like Richard kind of like not like in the zone as much as you guys are, you know what I mean? With this Cora, my sweet daughter, my sister come before me. Yes, your excellency. <laughs> you who made me so proud. You who showed so much patience when many would have frenzied earlier. It was a beautiful thing that you did. And I look forward to seeing more beauty come from you. And he's like your arm. And he just looks at you like he's not even grabbing your arm like the others. Yeah. Uh, you know. I'll just... And he like takes the knife and he just does it like doesn't even touch your arm. And you see the blood start like, you, you know, you control. It. He's like, add, add to those that are your herd. Those that you guide, you do it alone. So, you know, so Cora will probably will some blood into the hand and just see it pour into the fountain, the collective and then you see he takes a he takes some of your blood from your your hand and he does it again on his forehead. And you see it's just a hot mess now. It's like all dripping down his eyes. It doesn't even resemble a cross, you know, anymore. And then he does it on yours with the blood that's in the pool. He's like, "Go sit." And then yes, so sure. then he Mitchell, my ductus, the ductus of my prodigies, walk directly to him. Your arm. He will hold out his arm, and he grabs the one it, with the he, rosary wrapped around the wrist. And he'll pull up the sleeve. He looks at the rosary for a second. And you see a moment. And he looks up at you. And you see a smile on his face. As he cuts slowly along your form up until where the rosary is wrapped and stops there. And it does the, the two sides. 
and he takes your arm and he's sitting there and you see him like he's almost lost as the blood starts pulling down and starts going over the rosary and you see that's dripping and eventually the rosary is like almost maroon and crimson in a way and he sees it dropping and he like takes it and he's he's like turning it almost like feeling the 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 the, the impression of christ on the cross while he's doing it and then he goes and he makes a, he does it again on his forehead and he puts his fingers and he goes and he puts it on the forehead of you He's like, call your pack to me now. They are yours. Mitch will turn. Pack mates, step forward. Approach. As you turn around, you see, he's like, looks at all you. He's like, you all on your knees now. Be ready for, prepare for your sacrament. And he's like, and he, you see, he turns around in the pool, like in the, in the, where the blood is at, you know, and, and inside the fountain. He turns and he puts his hands together and he cups some of the blood and he goes up to you first coyote and he like sits there and he puts it like above your head like he wants you to lift your head up so it can so he can put it to your mouth. Sure. Yeah. I'll allow he it. does he does that to each and every one of you as you guys go through. You at first, like when it gets to you, Richard, you're like, you're not doing this. this is not this is not okay. This is not good. You know what I mean? Like in your head. And as soon as that first touch of like blood hits your lips like all of a sudden just like you feel the snap it's like it's like a loud like like wham like in your head and you like are taken aback and that feeling of apprehension that you feel around these people you turn and you look and you feel like almost like it's almost like a, um seeing someone that you are in love with that you haven't been around for a long time and they walk around the corner and you didn't expect to see them you know what i mean it's like all of a sudden you turn and look and you realize this this how you feel now for these people. Now, do you want to read off what your Valdry scores are for each of these? So the, the people who are watching and, and, and frankly, we know too. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I guess, uh, Richard's gaze is again on Coyote and yeah. he distinctly remembers the, um, what he said to him at the beginning of the night about becoming a brother, because I rolled a 10 for Coyote. Oh damn. Coyote has a, hey. Hey, the adventures of so, Coyote and Richard. <laughs> I'm a lovable guy. What can I say? I also rolled a nine for Coraline. Nice. A seven I see it. For Come here, Jasper. boy. The, the, the seven for Jasper. For now, I'm going to have you guys all roll a Valdry for him. So, 1d10 one, one, plus one. Five. Eleven. Whoa. I love How you, man. You- <laughs> oh shit! Mitch loves him too, man. Oh, yep. I got a ten. Yeah. Okay, so Mitch and and Coyote no, love you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you add one to it, so it's a five. All right, cool. If you guys want to write that down on whatever you're tracking. Now, when you redo the Baldry, aren't you supposed to roll something? I mean, I'm not going to make you guys roll, but hmm. isn't it like uh, an add or something like yes. that? Yes, you roll. Uh, you roll a d10 for each, and if it's higher than what you had before, you add plus one. Okay. And if you roll a one, you take one away. Okay, so everyone uh, do that right now. Well, first, we'll let, let Coyote, you can go ahead and do that if you want, or uh, if you want okay. to. Yeah. I'll roll for Jasper first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you got, uh, was that what you had before? Uh, I had four before. Okay, it's plus one. All right, go ahead. Okay, minus one to Cora. Was oh, oh, it minus one? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's minus oh, I'm sorry, Cora. You still love her, though. Aww. Yeah, and Mitch doesn't change. All right. And then Jasper. Oh, you already did Jasper, right? Uh, so that's it, right? Yeah, yeah. that's it. All right, uh, what about you, uh, uh, Mitch? Go ahead. Well, considering that I'm at uh, nines and tens for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, I'm gonna... You never know it can lower, you know what I mean? True. Go ahead. All right, I'll roll three. Uh, first one's going to be Coraline. Second will be Jasper. Third will be Coyote. Okay. My, oh, my. Oh, oh Coraline. Coraline, what have you done? Coraline, man, you're just freaking people out with those black veins, you know? Uh, it's the Diablery. We're a little bit more yeah. distrustful of him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jasper, uh, go ahead, your turn Must now. be out of that pissing off blood. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jasper? Okay, so, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing he did. I'm going to do uh, three dice. The first one will be for Coraline. Second one will be for Mitch. Third one will be for uh, Coyote. Okay. Oh, oh so you went up for Coraline, and then uh, minus one for Coyote. Okay, gotcha. All right, you guys track this. You annotate this, and then Cora, your turn. Yeah. Now. Okay, so Coyote, Mitch, Jasper. Uh, oh, Jasper. Okay, wow. so 
Coyote increases. Oh, nice. Uh, Mitch, nothing. And Jasper. Jasper's at 10. So he's still at 10. Sweet. Good stuff. So you guys now all have your Valdry caught up. Good to go. As you guys are standing there after he, you know, and you guys are like kind of like just like still like it's almost lost in a moment, like spiritual. You know what I mean? You guys are looking at each other. And then he's like, stand. Any motions to all you guys? Stand. I stand. We do. I stand too. I rise. Yeah. Continue. Continue on with your mission. Continue on with what I tasked you with. This is yours to do with the emotions behind him. I love you all. Remember that. And he turns around. And you see him just slowly like walk into the desert. And he's just walking. You see his white like <laughs> figure, and he keeps walking and walking. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just? media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by! We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. The mission seemed simple enough, don't they always? Simple sweep and flush out operation. We loaded them up in a hazmat tanker in Montreal and shipped them to a downtown warehouse in the Valley of the Sun. It would have been in and out in a few nights. Well, we wouldn't be telling the story if it all went as planned, would we? I go ahead and uh, I pop quieted. All right, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna run at him and do a sweet spin kick and knock his head off. We're waiting to see whether or not the abomination kills us. Shuffle Chronicles is available on the Critical Hints feed. Search for Critical Hints in iTunes, Google Play, or any other podcatcher. I I I don't think this is how. No.